You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. And we are back, folks, on the Michigan Insider, michigan.247sports.com. I'm your host, Alejandro Suniga, here with Matt Weaver, who covers Indiana football and recruiting for 24-7 sports. We are here for Behind Enemy Lines, our podcast video series where we take an insider's look at the Michigan football team's upcoming opponent. Uh, And as Matt from 24-7 Indiana being here suggests, Uh, We're here to preview the Hoosiers. Uh, Michigan is heading down for a noon matchup, a big noon Saturday, big noon kickoff yet again uh, over in Bloomington, Indiana, uh, to face the Hoosiers for their homecoming. The Hoosiers are 3-2 on the year, uh, 1-1 in Big Ten play. Uh, They open the season with a a win that really looks more impressive as the year goes on, Uh, a, a comeback win in the final minutes over Illinois. Uh, followed that with closer victories, but victories nonetheless over Idaho and Western Kentucky, uh, the latter of which took overtime, uh, but have struggled in the last couple of weeks in losses to Cincinnati and most recently to Nebraska. Uh, Michigan, of course, being in the Big Ten uh, and, and in, in the Big Ten East has plenty of history, both recent and, and long-term with the Hoosiers. Uh, We saw them, the Michigan football team did last year up at the big house. Um, But this is a very different looking team and a very different looking program. uh, As Matt, I'm sure we're about to discuss. Uh, This is a team that took full advantage of the transfer portal to to reshape its offense uh, and also reshaped its coaching staff with a new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator, and and really across the board uh, under head coach who's still Tom Allen. Uh, so Matt, I'm going to toss it over to you. Uh, it's, it's been quite a few where it's quite, it's been quite busy 10 months for the Indiana football program. Uh, a lot has changed since they traveled up to the big house. Uh, what was the off season like? What are some of the biggest changes to the program and how has the season started uh, from your insider's perspective? Well, I mean, obviously last year was a, was a very poor year for Indiana. They went two and 10, lost their last, uh, I think it was like eight in a row, uh, seven, eight in a row. I can't remember. It went, didn't win a game in the big 10. Um, you know, so there was a, there was a lot of roster turnover. They brought in, I think around 35, 36 new players. So almost half the scholarship roster was turned over. Um, I want to say uh, what five coaches I'm trying to remember four or five coaches. Um, so, you know, that's what happens when you have a bad season, um, you know, things change. And so, you know, they hit the portal hard, as you said. Um, you know, they signed one of the best recruiting classes in program history. Um, and, you know, so far the start of the season, it's been it's been a mixed bag. I mean, I think they're better than they were last year. But, you know, I've told people before the season, they could be better than they were last year and still win only four games because the schedule is so tough. Um, you know, you, you play uh, 
uh, at Cincinnati in the non-conference, and then you know you have the Big Ten East schedule, and then one of your crossover games is Illinois, and then obviously the other one's Purdue, and both those teams, Illinois is much improved, and Purdue was a bowl team last year. So, uh, you know, they, they showed a lot of grit, I guess you could say, um, uh, resiliency in those first three games. Um, you know, probably more than they needed to, well, especially in the second, third game, you know, games maybe that should have been as close as they were. Um, but these last two weeks, their their issues are catching up to them. And, um, you know, you're starting to see it um, uh, on both sides of the ball. Um, and that's why, you know, they're not playing well and, and they've got to get some stuff fixed if they want to have any chance to get three more wins and get to a bowl game uh, by the end of the year. Well, well, we'll go ahead and get started then talking about the Indiana offense. Uh, I think that's the the more encouraging side of the ball right now. Uh, Indiana brought in a new quarterback, uh, transferred from Missouri, Mizzou, excuse me, uh, Connor Basilak. I have a couple of good run, uh, transfer running backs as well. Uh, Sean Shivers, J, uh, Jalen Lucas. Um, an offense that I, I when I look at what the new system is, it looks like it's more of a hurry up system. One that's trying to use tempo uh, to take advantage. Uh, well, to, to create opportunities for itself to keep the ball moving. Uh, something that didn't seem to go quite so well against Nebraska last week. Uh, I was reading, I believe it was your story over on the Indiana site for 24 seven. And Tom Allen was acknowledging that the defense was worn out by the end of the game. Uh, it was it was a game where the offense, particularly in the fourth quarter, particularly in the second half, couldn't really stay on the field. Uh, and, and I was also reading the the twenty four seven site for Indiana, and it seems like a lot of people like this freshman Jalen Lucas, uh, a, a kid who made a really nice play against Nebraska, uh, and looks like he could be used in a variety of ways out of the backfield. Um, I, I guess, Matt, what, when we're looking at the, the IU offense, it, it does look a lot different than last year. I mean, when the Hoosiers rolled into the big house last year, I believe it was, a, it was a fourth string quarterback. You know, it was a team that was very beat up. And at the tail end of what you just mentioned was a very difficult year. It seemed like the offense, especially in that last series of the opening game against Illinois, where Basilak led a game-winning touchdown, Tom Allen said it was one of the more meaningful wins of his career because of, because of the context, because of how that followed, you know, such a difficult 2021. Uh, it seems like the offense has some pieces. And, and I also want to mention a couple of really good wide receivers. Uh, first one being Cam Camper, the second one, DJ Matthews, uh, neither of whom I believe played against the Cornhuskers. Both are on the depth chart. So it looks like they could go for the Michigan game. Uh, Cam Camper is a Juco transfer uh, who leads the team in catches and yards, actually more than a hundred yards per game. You know, the, the sort of receiver that Michigan, you know, has a talent on its own roster, but it doesn't really have a, a, a true number one option uh, like Cam Camper. Uh, so, so Matt, I guess breaking down this IU offense, uh, it's a new offensive coordinator. How has that looked so far? Uh, what are some of the areas that have gone well? What, what still needs to improve? I mean, I think, you know, it's it was hard not to be better than they were last year. They were <clears throat> I think they were dead last in almost every category offensively in 2021. I mean, they were barely scoring uh, a touchdown, 10 points a game in league play, if I remember right. So they're better. Um, you know, the same issues though they had last year, the, main, <clears throat> the biggest issue was um, the offensive line play, <clears throat> excuse me, was the offensive line play, and it's really not improved all that much this year. Now, they've had some injuries. They lost Matthew Bedford early to an ACL injury for the year. 
uh, Zach Carpenter, former Michigan player who transferred to Indiana a couple years ago, uh, hurt his was playing center, hurt his hand in warmups of the Western Kentucky game, and it's now casted up. I'm not exactly sure what he did and how you could do that in warmups, but he managed to do it. He played he played guard last week, so they brought him back to play guard. He just can't snap because of the the cast. But the offensive line has just not been good. I mean, they they got absolutely manhandled at Cincinnati. And against a Nebraska team that I think in four games had four sacks, had four sacks against Indiana, four or five in like six, seven, eight hurries. Um, they they just can't block anybody right now. Uh, it's a big issue. It's been a big issue. Um, I'm not sure how you fix it midstream, um, but you're going to have to try to figure something out, especially this week, because Michigan's going to bring guys in who are going to get after the quarterback. Um, they're they're, they're going to have good guys in that D line. So, you know, I think I think the tempo has helped. Um, you know, last week when Coach Allen said it, you know, the defense wore out, they wore out because the offense couldn't do anything. I mean, they had 71 yards of offense in the second half. They had five yards on 12 plays in the fourth quarter. I mean, I, it's almost hard to wrap your head around numbers that bad in a college football game, but that's where they were. And so the defense was constantly on the field. You know, Baselak's been solid um, at times. He's, you know, he's like 52.8%, so 53%. This is the guy that was over 60% in the SEC. So his accuracy has really, really uh, fallen. And a lot of it is he's under pressure. And then, you know, Indiana doesn't have a bunch of guys who get separation. When they didn't have Camper and Matthews last week, they were in big trouble. They're easily their two best receivers. Camper's been a great find as a Juco transfer. And DJ Matthews, even though he's smaller, he's fast, and can, can get open. But the other guys just struggle to get separation and to make plays. So, you know, without them, they were really in trouble. Um, you know, the offense is, is better, but it's not anywhere near still where it needs to be to be able to beat quality teams, especially in the Big Ten. Um, you know, it's just that – and until you fix the old line, you know, I think Bazelak could be a, a serviceable, productive quarterback. But he if he gets pressure, he's either going to have to throw it away or he's going down because he's not a scrambling quarterback. He's not going to beat you with his legs at all. That's not his game. And so it's a bad match at times when the line can't block and your quarterback can't run. It's not a, it's not a good combination. So, you know, the, the running backs, the transfers have been solid. Lucas, it was mind boggling last week. He had the, he had the most yards rushing for Indiana against Nebraska and he had three carries all in the first half. Um, and he's a player that does things that nobody else on the roster can do, but yet he's not getting that many touches and they keep saying that's going to change. We'll see if that changes this week. Now he's not very big, so he's going to have to protect himself. Because if he takes too many shots, he's probably not going to last. But he is a dynamic player with the ball in his hands. Um, I really like Josh Henderson, too. I think Sean Chivers is a nice player. I think he's more of a third down back. They start him, but I think Henderson might actually be the better back of the two. Um, you know, they got some tight ends. A.J. Barner is a talented guy. They just haven't gotten him the ball much. And I'm guessing some of that is because he has to stay in and block to help out the O-line. So it's been, it, you know, it's been inconsistent. And the issues that we saw in the first three weeks um, – you know, are starting to be more prevalent because you're playing better competition. Um, Cincinnati's obviously got a good team. Nebraska has some good players. They're not a good team, but they do have some decent players. But defensively, they were horrendous, and Indiana looked, couldn't do anything against them. So that was a huge red flag when you couldn't run the ball on the worst rush defense in the Big Ten uh, last week. And this week, you know, obviously it doesn't get any easier. It gets a lot harder. So um, they're going to have to figure out some stuff to have a chance to even stay in this game against Michigan. Yeah, I, a lot of good points there, and I think one that that Michigan fans probably their ears perked up when you said it uh, were those offensive line issues. Uh, Michigan, you know, replaced Aiden Hutchinson, David Ojabo, 
uh, Chris Hinton so uh, on the defensive line and at the edge position. So generating pressure has been uh, and how to generate pressure from the interior and with completely new edge presences has been one of the bigger storylines of the 2022 season so far. Uh, Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh acknowledged that it's been up and down and it's the, the pressure on the quarterback seemed to disappear at times against Iowa. Um, of course, uh, Mike Morris and then Yabi Oki combined for four really fantastic plays in the final meaningful series there. Uh, and the Wolverines will hope to continue that momentum and continue, you know, establishing themselves uh, as a force on the defensive line against what sounds like or what looks like uh, a Hoosiers offensive line that has been reshuffled multiple times, uh, both due to performance concerns and due to injuries. Well, all right, we're going to take a quick break here. Uh, on the other side, we will come back, talk about the Indiana defense, uh, and give quick predictions for what we expect in Bloomington on Saturday. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. And we are back, folks, on the Michigan Insider, michigan.247sports.com. Alejandro Suniga here with Matt Weaver, who covers all things Indiana football. Uh, we just finished talking about uh, the IU offense, uh, which, you know, has pieces, uh, has has returning pieces from injuries, you know, has some concerns on the offensive line, uh, but does have some areas, especially at the wide receiver position and with some dynamic skill position players uh, to threaten the Michigan defense. Uh, I want to flip now and talk about the Hoosiers defense, uh, one that... Yeah, as I'm looking at the stats, as I'm looking at, you know, the the conference, the national rankings, I was really surprised about because I came into the season 
expecting that the Hoosiers defense and particularly its secondary uh, would be a strength, you know, not necessarily uh, to what we saw, what Michigan saw from Iowa last week, you know, in being the best defense in the country, one of the better defenses, uh, excuse me, best defense, best defense in the conference, uh, one of the best potentially in the conference, in the country. Uh, I'll get my words right at some point. Uh, but I look at the stats and I see the Hoosiers are are currently the worst passing defense in the Big Ten, giving up 277 yards per game, uh, next to last in terms of scoring defenses ahead of just, uh, I believe it was Nebraska at this point. Uh, and, and that was confusing to me because I, you know, I know Taiwan Mullen, who a couple of years ago seemed like he was on the fast track to the NFL. You know, I, I know Jalen Williams is a returning veteran presence. So I, I, I look at the secondary and I think the pieces, the players I know are, are better than the output has been so far. Uh, so Matt, you have watched this team for five weeks now. I know it's a new defensive coordinator, maybe a new defensive system. Uh, why, what's gone so poorly so far? Well, it is a new defensive coordinator. Chad Wilk came from Minnesota. He was a D-line coach up there. Um, came to Indiana as a D coordinator and, and actually is coaching linebackers. Um, but the systems, Tom Allen, Tom Allen is actually calling the plays. Um, now, Chad Will, obviously, and all the, they, they, they collaborate as far as, you know, putting the game plan together. But Tom, this is basically Tom Allen is back as the DC, even though he doesn't have that title. He's calling the plays. It's his defense. And you're right. The, um, the secondary is supposed to be the strength. I mean, Jalen Williams, is a, he, he's using his free year from COVID this year. He's, he's played four years. Before this season, this is his fifth year playing. Taiwan Mullen is back. Um, Devon Matthews, the safety, he's another fifth-year player. Brian Fitzgerald is in his sixth year. So this is a really experienced secondary, and they're not playing good. I mean, and the, one, of the, one of the things that has really killed Indiana this year are the big plays. You know, looking at the stats, they are, um, they're in the bottom third and, in, in, uh, you know, giving up plays of 10 more than yards. They're one of the worst in plays of uh, – giving up plays of 20 yards or more. And that's really hurt them. I mean, it hurt them against Western Kentucky. It hurt them against Cincinnati. And then it hurt them against Nebraska. Nebraska had some big plays. And, you know, those are those are backbreakers. Those are killers. You want to, you know, you, you obviously want to try to make teams drive the field. And and Coach Allen will say it. He's right. How many yards you give up is not really that big of a deal. Where you want to be good is when you, they get in the red zone, force them into field goals and make them have to go to the field to get points. And, and if you give up 500 yards, but they're kicking field goals. That's not that. That's okay. In today's college football, you're going to give up yards because the way the rules are. So, but they're giving up big plays, and they they've just you know the Western Kentucky game was really concerning because there were guys running wide open in the secondary. They just looked like at times it looked like some guys were playing zone and some guys were playing man, and the communication was there. Now Western Kentucky plays really really fast, and you know Indiana's trying to get lined up and get the play in, so you could have some of that confusion. But with guys at that experience level that shouldn't be happening. So they've just not, they've not played as well. Uh, Taiwan Mullen's not been as good as he was two years ago when he was an all American. Um, Jalen Williams has, has been, has been okay at times, you know, Devon Matthews and Brian Fitzgerald have struggled, have struggled in coverage. So, um, you know, they, they can be had in the passing game, especially with big plays and, and <clears throat> excuse me. The other problem is when you don't get pressure on the quarterback with your front four and you got a blitz, um, you've got to get home. If you don't get home on that blitz, at this level, guys are too good. I mean, quarterbacks, even I know Nebraska struggled. Casey Thompson's a solid player. They've got a good receiver up there. I think his last name's Palmer. Um, they've got some guys who can make plays. And if you don't get pressure on that guy, 
Um, and he's got time to stay in the pocket. It's man coverage. I don't care how good your corner is. The guy's going to get open at some point. So, you know, they, they struggle to get pressure. Um, the run they've been, they've been kind of hit or miss, you know, the stats don't back it up. I think they've been solid against the run. I think some of the running sets, like, you know, the Western Kentucky game, 80% of their rushing yards came on four plays. Now those count, but it happened in the second half West Cincinnati. They completely shut down the Cincinnati run game. Nebraska had some yards, but I think that was more you know, like we talked about earlier, the defense really wore down in the second half. Um, but you know, they're, the rush defense to me is the most important thing this week. Michigan runs the ball. Terrific. It is a quorum Blake. Quorum. Yeah, is a terrific Blake Corum, yeah, he has uh, 59 yeah. carries in the last two weeks. You know, he had five touchdowns on, on 12, 12 touches uh, three weeks yeah. ago. So he's been on a, on a hot streak, uh, you know, entering, you know, very early Heisman trophy talks even. Uh, and, and yeah, it's a, it's a Michigan offense that, that prides itself on its running game. Um, I, I think one point you mentioned too, is, uh, you know, secondary issues and, and secondary concerns, you know, J.J. McCarthy, the Michigan quarterback, has, you know, kind of expected him to be able to hit the deep ball, uh, particularly against a team, say, like Maryland, uh, the Big Ten opener. Uh, you know, J.J. missed a few of those shots. And then last week against Iowa, it was the same sort of story where, you know, Iowa's a better defense, but there was a deep shot to be had and J.J. missed it. So I think if you're a Michigan fan coming into this game, uh, you know, we've seen we we've kind of seen the floor for JJ McCarthy elevated because the big question was with, with him was like, can he take care of the football? Can he make smart reads and make smart throws? And so far that's been, yes, you know, JJ has been fantastic in you know, in the screen game, short intermediate throws, but all of a sudden something that he was so good at last year, which was hitting the deep shot. He's just a little bit off with it. So uh, you know, Matt, I'll just throw it back to you because I don't think you were quite done. Uh, but another thing that did stand out to me, like you just mentioned, was the fact that, you know, it's it's the linebackers and, and the linebackers are the players on this team who are really generating pressure. You know, it's the front four isn't really doing it. And what sort of opportunities could this present for Michigan if, you know, if 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 the front four for the Hoosiers uh, is leaving a clean pocket for J.J. to pick them apart? Yeah, and <clears throat> Cam Jones, is he's another guy, fifth-year guy who's back using his free year. Um, and Aaron Casey, they play – Indiana plays a 4-2-5. So you play two linebackers. And then that fifth guy is kind of like a, a basically a nickel, a safety kind of guy. Um, no Pierre's a starter. They call it the Husky position. Cam Jones has played well. Uh, Aaron Casey's played well. You know, a guy to watch out for, uh, Desan McCullough, the highest-rated recruit uh, Indiana's ever gotten. Obviously, his father is former Indiana assistant, Dylan McCullough, who's now at, at um, Notre Dame. And, you know, before he came back to Indiana last year, was with the Chiefs when they won the Super Bowl. Um, you know, and, and Desaun is a is – a, he's – the best way to describe it, he's a freak. I mean, he's 6'5", 225, 230 pounds, really long arms, really athletic and explosive, just the kind of player that – I mean, Michigan's probably used to getting, but in Indiana, they don't get those guys very often. So – um, he's really helped out in the pass rush, but you know, he's a true freshman and he's, you know, I mean, this is going to be there as the schedule goes along, you know, he's going to be, um, facing guys that are really, really good, you know, week in and week out. So he's going to have to elevate his game, but he is, he is a special talent. The thing is they just need, they need more of guys like that. They need more help for him. Um, and you know, they, they'll do some things with their linebackers and their DBs and blitzing. But like I said, they just had trouble getting to the quarterback this year. 
Uh, I was just looking at the stats, and I think they're towards the bottom in sacks. Um, you know, I noticed Michigan, even with all their losses on the D-line, is second in sacks, um, and Indiana's third in sacks allowed. So, once again, a strength of Michigan it matches up well for them against a very, very bad weakness for Indiana. But getting back to the defense, um, you know, they're going to have to shut down that running game. I mean, when I say shut it down, you're not going to shut it down completely. That guy's too good. But if he goes for 120 yards, you need to make him really work for those 120 yards. It can't be 120 yards on like 15 carries or 20 carries or something like that. And he can't have those big runs. I mean, um, you know, they actually, you know, Chase Brown in the first game, who's a really good player too, had some big runs, but they were, you know, Indiana was able to, to, to still win that game, you know, this week against the uh, quorum uh, who I've got to see a little bit. It's hard to watch other teams when you're covering your own team, but um, he's, he's really good. He's, like you mentioned, he's a very talented player. And obviously Michigan does a great job of, of running the ball. Jim Harbaugh has always been good at having offenses that can run the ball. Um, you know, and then you add in a talent like a McCarthy at quarterback who can make plays. So it's going to be a tough assignment for Indiana. This to me, uh, you know, the offense obviously has to score some points, but to have any chance, this is the side of the ball that's got to really step up. They're going to have to get some turnovers. Um, they're going to have to, you can't give up the big plays and you're going to have to slow down that running game to the point where, you know, you make Michigan maybe a little uncomfortable if they can do that. Maybe put them in some third and longs in some situations where maybe they, they don't want to be in. Um, but it's going to be difficult. It's going to be a heck of a challenge for this defense. And, and to me, that's the only way they have a shot to stay in this game. Well, Matt, uh, it is homecoming for the Hoosiers. It is a big noon kickoff in Bloomington for the first time ever. Uh, and for Michigan, quite honestly, it sets itself up uh, as a game that that could very well be a trap game, right? It, it comes after a very emotional and, uh, you know, from the beginning of the season, that first road test at Iowa was kind of seen as the first big hurdle uh, for a team that really didn't play a whole a whole lot of, you know, competition to their level in the non-conference. Uh, and this comes before Penn State week, you know, which will be a maze out at Michigan Stadium, uh, what could be a battle of undefeated top programs and one of the deciding battles for the East. You know, I look at this game and I think with all of these factors, I know Indiana has struggled, but maybe I'm just, you know, remembering those tight games of, you know, the last 10, 15 or so years, uh, some Indiana Michigan games that have been really kind of crazy. I think this game is going to be closer than, than people think, you know, not necessarily that Indiana is going to pull it off, but you know, when this game opens as a 21 point spread, I think, you know, maybe that's a little too high for my taste. I just think that, you know, when you're playing at home as the Hoosiers on homecoming with national attention uh, and a team that has something to prove and is potentially getting back a couple of receivers that didn't play last week against Nebraska and has a freshman uh, a running back who is growing into a bigger role. I, I think Indiana keeps it a bit closer. What do you think? Well, I mean, I wish I shared your same confidence. I, I mean, I think it's going to be, I do see what you're talking about. You guys had um, the Iowa game last week over there in Iowa city, which is always a tough place to play. And then uh, you said you have Penn state next week uh, in a big game. Um, so I can see a bit, bit of a trap game. It's a noon game, so it's a little bit earlier. Um, you know, obviously, when I say earlier, I mean, you know, a lot of these games are in the afternoon and stuff. So, you know, and, and not only is it homecoming for Indiana, uh, Hoosier hysteria for basketball is Friday night. So this is kind of a big weekend on campus. Um, you know, if, uh, I guess my prediction, I, I didn't realize it was 22 and a half. 
Um, you know, I'll go, I, I think it actually will be around that. I'm going to go 35, 13, Michigan. Um, my guess is that maybe they get off to a little bit of a slow start. I think they take over in the second half. I just think they'll wear Indiana down. I think Bazelak has got to complete like two thirds to 70% of his passes. And I don't see him having the time to do that. I think Michigan will, will be able to pressure him. And the biggest thing is Indiana's playing behind the chain so much this year. First and second down, they've been terrible because they can't run the ball. So when you're third and eight, third and nine against a Michigan defense, you're just, it's going to be a long day unless you've got a really dynamic athletic quarterback, which is that's not Bazelak's game. He could throw the ball, but that's not his game. So I, I think, you know, I think Michigan will wear him down. I think it, you know, I think it'll be maybe a little bit closer than people think for a half, but I think that they'll just wear him down. I just, the Indiana offensive line is just playing so poorly. It's hard for me to see them being able to generate enough offense to stay in this game for four quarters. Well, we can talk about this all we want and, and we can give you all the, the insider insight from the Hoosiers program. Uh, but ultimately it'll come down to the field uh, noon Eastern on Saturday over in Bloomington, Indiana. Uh, for myself over at the Michigan Insider, Matt, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, listeners, thank you uh, for listening and getting to this point. Please uh, subscribe, rate, review, tell your friends about it. Uh, and of course, if you are looking for more content from either the Indiana side, uh, even Indiana basketball, as, that, as, that, as that's getting going, it sounds like on Friday, uh, and of course, for the Michigan side, uh, you can do so at 247sports.com. Uh, I'll be heading down with Zach Shaw down to Bloomington. Very excited to do so. First time in Bloomington for me uh, and should be a fun weekend all around. Uh, that'll do it for us for this episode. We will see you next week. Peace.